in Java, power is decentralized to the point where neighbors make most decisions that affect them in a body called a commune. This is nothing like a commune in the US. It is essentially a neighborhood assembly, made of 100 to 150 families or so, and instead of politicians deciding what norms should govern their community, they all do, through directly democratic structures. Each person living within the commune can represent themselves directly within the commune assembly. The commune is used on a principle that most of us know intrinsically. Nobody knows better what you and your neighbors need than you and your neighbors yourselves. Communes are linked together through elected and removable spokespersons, one woman and one man, to form a neighborhood council. And neighborhoods are linked to form city councils, and so on and so forth. This is a bottom-up or horizontal system of organizing society. The larger the area of administration a council has, the less power it has. For example, in the largest city in Jazeera Canton, Camislo, there is a neighborhood called Corniche. In Corniche, there are 58 communes. Of these communes, three are Assyrian and Armenian, three Arabic, and 52 Arabic and Kurdish mixed. These 58 communes from the, form the Corniche Neighborhood Assembly, but the heart of power remains in the individual communes themselves. Women and young people also can, and do, organize their own communes separately. The commune is made up of committees which residents can sign up for. To name a few, the Women's Committee, the Youth Committee, Healthcare Committee, Economic Committee, Safety Committee, Neighborhood Defense Groups, and Peace Committee, the Peace and Consensus Committee. A common problem facing much of Western society, especially in suburbs sick with social isolation and atomization, is our knee-jerk response to any slight annoyance from our neighbors just to call the police instead of actually having face-to-face -face conversations with our neighbors. The suburbs seem to me like the antithesis of the Rojava commune. They are largely places to return to after a long day at work, maybe wave to our neighbors as we get the mail, and then rush inside to watch some mindless TV and rest before having to start the day all over again the next day. Outsourcing our conflicts to the police is the easy way out, and over time, we have forgotten how to handle things ourselves or on a communal level. Out of sight, out of mind. One phone call, and we never even have to follow up to hear whether our neighbor was locked in a cage or ground through the gears of a faceless court system. We have already talked about how rapid response to an issue is handled differently in Rojava than in most anywhere else with elected and accountable community members rather than a professional police force. But what about justice? How would a commune take on a project like that? Are there courts in Rojava? Yes, there are courts. We could do a whole video on how these differ to American courts, but since we are focusing more locally on the communes, suffice it to say that in Rojava, only about one-third of social disputes ever reach a court. Every other dispute is solved within the communes themselves through the peace and consensus committees. These have a long history in areas where democratic confederalism took hold, working clandestinely until the revolution. Peace and consensus committees are organized bodies in every commune in which neighbors try to resolve disputes through consensus. They usually meet in informal places like homes, meeting houses, and the like. 
These committees have a dual structure. The general committees are responsible for conflicts and crimes. The women's commissions are responsible for cases of patriarchal violence, forced marriage, plural marriage, and so on. They are directly attached to the women's organization, Congrea Star. In Rojava, conflicts arising from patriarchal violence are not to be judged by men. Every resident of the commune comes together to elect the five to nine people who make up the committee, with at least 40% of the members required to be women. The committee members are usually those with a reputation for bringing together conflicting partners. Like the HPC, rotation is usually frequent, so everyone eventually gets the experience of peacemaking. The goal of these committees is not to focus on punishment or blame, but rather to achieve a consensus between disputants. If someone commits an action that is outside community norms, the communes seek to get to the bottom of the person's reasonings and understand the conditions that led the person to harm others. They are guided by the question, how can we eliminate the conditions causing this person to harm, instead of, how can we harm this person who harmed others? Of course, if it turns out that the community norm a person broke no longer makes sense to the people living there, it can easily be changed thanks to the flexibility of direct democracy in the commune system. Unlike a rigid system of laws that are written by a few and imposed on the majority of people who have no say in them, the rules that govern the communes are subject to change with ease based on the actual needs and decisions of the people affected by them. Many cases in the committees are resolved through dialogue and consensus among all parties and the committee members. But sometimes, community sanctions may need to be brought towards an individual or group. In most cases, this would mean community work, or work for the people who were hurt by their actions. There could also be a period of education related to the offense, lasting until the community members are convinced that the person is changed. For example, Polluters would probably go to an academy to learn about ecology and why polluting is bad. Other sanctions could be a fine, work in a cooperative or public service, exclusion from the commune, social isolation, for some people the hardest of all, boycott if the convicted person is a shop, temporary relocation to another neighborhood, and seclusion from some public rights. Most famously, Many long-standing blood feuds that could never be resolved through any state or elder-based system were finally resolved through the Commune's Peace and Consensus Committees without trial. Only the worst cases or disputes that can't be solved go to anything like a traditional court, and even then, they usually go through multiple levels of mediation-based, restorative justice-driven assemblies at various levels first. <laughs>